0: Good evening. Welcome to, everyone watch- welcome to everyone watching on Zoom and on Facebook and on Drisha Live. You, this is the third session of Cruise a Tamil cheer with Ravaneet Lea Sarna, part of our very packed Falls Mon at Drisha. Ravaneet Sarna, the
1: floor is yours. Hi everyone. Uh, so thanks so much for joining us again. We are picking up today, if you are in, if you are sitting inside a Gemara So we are on Lamedvab Amabet 36B. And if you are in the handout, then we are in source one of the handout and Kayla's gonna put that into the chat. Thank you so much. Um, And if people who are on the Zoom wanna show their faces, that's always nice. It'll give me a sense of whether what I'm saying is making sense or not Um, and whether you have questions and all sorts of things like that. I'm also going to open up the chat because a lot, just my chat screen, um, because I know the last couple of times people have been putting really great questions into the chat. And I definitely want to keep encouraging uh, that kind of back and forth because I know it can sometimes be easier than interrupting me. I talk very quickly and without a lot of pauses. So um, definitely feel free to throw questions into the chat or ideas. Um, I really love that. All right. So we are. Kind of like a third of the way down the page on Lamed Vab Ahmed Bet. And we are picking up right where we left off last time. Um, and if you see the toast vote that starts Ella Im Gadolhi Manu, we're gonna actually be looking at that toast vote today. So it's like basically right across from that toast vote and starting after the period. So we're starting with Yibalehu, uh, which is the Gemara, the Gemara has a question. So just so you know where we're going today, and if you have that handout, you'll, you'll see it there. So we're gonna look at a whole bunch of Gemara, more Gemara than we've looked at in one go, I think in any of these classes yet. Um, and then we're gonna look at two different kind of themes that come up in our Gemara. So one is abolishing previous Takanot. So that's the question of um, some really fancy person older than me established some kind of Takana, And um, what if I wanna like unestablish it? So specifically like could Leia Sarna decide to get rid of Prisbol even though it was invented by Hillel? That's basically question number one. And then question number two is a different question but similarly related to our general theme of authority. Um, So question number two is the question of who actually has the authority to issue a Prisbol? So let's say, Kayla owes me money and the Shemitah year is coming. Um, I know usually it's Evie who owes me money, but she's not here, so she can't. Um, so Kayla owes me money and it's the Shemitah year. And so I, but I don't wanna let Kayla off the hook. Um, so who do I need to go to in order to get my prosbols? So in the first class, we looked at the Orthodox Union's prosbol template. And in that template, it kind of sounded like the same way we do hatarat nadarim, I can, like, go into shul, find three dudes, they can be my in, and they can issue a principle for me, Um, so that's, like, option one, and option two is, no, I have to go to the in with, like, the most authority in the world, so I have to go to a beitin that actually has power to affect something, so maybe that's, like, only the Rabbanut in Israel, where they have the power to, like, throw people into prison and stuff like that, like, maybe they're the only baked in that can actually um, write me a prison because they're the only baked in around that have, like, real power, so that's kind of option, um, that's kind of option number two of, um, and that'll be topic number two, so two different, two different explorations of authority for today, um, and again, welcome people to, to turn on their videos if they feel like it. Um, okay, so we're at the I-Baila. Um, So Ibalah Lugumar has a question. Ki hitkin Hillel peruzbal, when Hillel established the peruzbal, lid darei udilma lid darei So when Hillel established the peruzbal, did he establish it just for his own generation or did he establish it for all future generations as well? Um, so the Gemara now asks a question, but I feel like the answer to it to me is like so obvious, but... Like where I ask the question, asks what to me feels like a very obvious answer. Lamaynaf, Gamina, who cares wh- whether Hillel established it just for his generation or for all future generations? What's the difference? And the answer is, li- leave chule. Uh The answer is, well, if he established it just for his generation, then like, of course we could get rid of it because Hillel didn't establish it to last forever. And so of course we could just end it whenever we want because it wasn't made to last forever. Versus if Hillel established it, to last forever then like whoa hillel established it and that but but what it gets at is the sense of like um well what would it mean if hillel had established it just for his generation and then it kind of like just kept going so would it mean that in the generations after hillel it was still going under the authority of hillel Or would it mean that in the generations after Hillel, it was actually being like kept up under the authority of each generation's Satan or each generation's rabbi. So that's why the question I think is like a little bit more like interesting and textured than when you like first read it, is that um, it kind of like the question, the answer to the question kind of tells you like, oh, if Hillel had only established it for his generation, Then in the next generation, when they're still doing prizbol, it's as if it's like being reestablished again in each subsequent generation under like the authority of of the rabbis of that generation, which is just a very interesting way to think about takanot in general. Um, But we obviously do have an idea of like takanot that are just for specific circumstances and specific times. So certain practices that like only make sense in times of oppression or things like that versus practices, which principle seems like one of them, which are much more about sort of like human nature in general. But then maybe you would say, well, Hillel only established it for a time when people are really not generous. But like, what if in the next generation there's like a cultural shift and all of a sudden people are super generous. So then you wouldn't need principle anymore um, because like people would want to give up their loans or something like that. So, or people would want to still make loans even if Shemitah is going to be mishamit the loans. So anyway, so that's that's what's going on in this question. So the the question so the answer is the betule. So the difference between whether Hillel established it for all generations or just for his generation is comes down to a difference in how easy it would be to nullify it. Because if you'll say that he established it just for his own generation, then we would um then we would just get rid of it. But if you'll say that he established it for all future generations, if he established it for all future generations, then don't we learn in a Mishnah in Adyot, which we're gonna see, this as source number three, um, that no beitin is allowed to hire you, no is allowed to nullify the words of its fellow Din, unless it is greater than it both in chokhmah and in minyan both in wisdom and in number okay so we're gonna do some like looking in to that um uh we're gonna do some looking into that idea of like chokhmah minyan what is going on here also like aren't all bate din good exactly gabriel great question what does it mean the minyan Aren't all about in the same size? Super important question. Yes, um, exactly right. Good, we're gonna get there. Um, hmm. Trying to think if we should keep going or if we should stop here and do question number one. Okay, let's stop here and do, um, do part one and then we'll keep going and get to part two. Um, okay, so now if you don't mind, um, flip to the Mishnah and Idiot, where, um, where this is all coming from. So we're now in source three. You can also open up your Mishnah of Idiot if you want. We're in the first chapter of the Mishnah and Um So the Mishnah and Idiot, we're kind of coming in the middle here, but the, the first chapter of Idiot, um is wondering well, like, why do you teach minority opinions? Why do we keep minority opinions around at all? The Lama Shamai so why do we mention minority opinions even though we don't follow them? So then essentially the minority opinion is nullified. So it's to teach future generations that a person shouldn't always persist in his opinion. He shouldn't always omid al like stand over his opinions. Because the fathers of the world didn't stand behind their opinions. And that's not considered uh, insult. Like, I just think that's so important. Nowadays, we're like, oh, you said something and you are not ever allowed to change your mind. If you change your mind, you're a flip flop and you're inconsistent and you're all kinds of bad things. And the Mishnah says, no, what an amazing thing. We kept the minority opinion even though ultimately they went with the majority opinion to say, "Avot lo amdu al It's Just such an amazing, amazing concept. The, the fathers of the world did not persist in their opinions when they were outnumbered. Okay, okay so not just Hillel and Shammai, but let's ask more generally now. Why do we mention minority opinions amongst majority opinions? But we know that the, that the law only ever follows the majority. So the answer is, Maybe there's a possibility that the beitin will see the minority opinion and they'll say, oh yeah, that opinion, you like that, let's go with that. Um, For a beitin is not allowed to nullify the the decrees, the words of their fellow beitin until they're greater than it in wisdom and in number. And somehow, according to this opinion right now, uh, which is a quite complicated one, we're not going to do it full justice. Somehow having the minority opinion like gives you and that, that being preserved from a previous time gives you the possibility that like maybe you know maybe that was what was decided in their day but you'll inherit this minority opinion and maybe you will actually you'll find yourself a member of a BTN that's greater in minyan which we haven't gotten to yet the like Marana Vodizara is going to explain what that is and greater in chukma greater in wisdom and greater in number uh what does that mean we don't know yet and um and, and then maybe you'll actually be able to decide like the minority opinion. Um, so then the Mishnah goes on, If it was greater in wisdom, but not in number, or greater in number, but not in wisdom, If you're missing one of the two requirements, you can't undo a decree until you have both. Um, great. So Gabriel asks, and and again, I mentioned this is like quite complicated and and we're not going to really go into it, but if the new Bayesian is greater, why do they need to rely on a minority opinion as opposed to asserting a new opinion? Exactly. So all these are great questions. I I think the easiest way to read it is just that it'll like inspire them. The idea is hanging around something in that direction. Um, but I, but I think your question really stands like, well, maybe they could come up with it on their own. or is, and, and the other question that, that you're also asking is like, well, is there some, like, okay, we're a new Beit or we're greater than the old minyan, and we have, we have to choose between their minority opinion or like some new opinion that we had, is there like reason to take the old minority opinion if we have to choose between them? Um, so that's also, there does seem to be, I guess what, I, what I'm seeing in this, is a certain amount of like oh if it was said in earlier times when they were like i don't know closer to harseni or like had a greater level of connection than we do there's certain like strength that they carry that's valuable all, all on its own and that gives it like another weight and that's why like you can't just be equal to that bait in and then overturn their decrees you have to be better than it because like if you're equal, well, they're older. So that's always gonna, oh that's always gonna give them the upper hand in certain ways. So there's something about like the the older or like the precedent that 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 has um that has power here. And I think that the the minority opinion carries that that power of of precedent. Okay. But here's Rabbi Huda's question. I'm Rabbi Huda, exactly your question, exactly our question. Um Right, Rabbi Huda says, okay, but if they can uh, come up with some new, it's exactly Gabriel's question, basically, if they can come up with some new opinion, because now they have the power to change it, then like, okay, but like, why, still why mention the previous person? Um and the answer is, it's like the inspiration answer that I gave before, right? Because So someone comes along and says, oh, but I heard it like this, uh, they'll say back to him, oh, they'll say, oh, but that you heard like, and it's great that Rebbe Yehuda is saying this, because so often Rebbe Yehuda is like the named minority opinion in the Mishnah. So it's like really beautiful that he's here, the one saying like, why is it important to name the minority here? Let me tell you, because if you heard it, um, if you heard, oh, I heard it's this way, someone could say, oh, yeah, that was, let's say, Rebbe Yehuda's opinion. And um, we don't go by it, but you can feel like, oh, I had the same opinion as Rebbe Yehuda, <laughs> um, which, is, which is just great. And it's, and it's, it's fun it's it's coming from him. Um, okay, Ozzy asks, how can they be greater in wisdom when there is the principle of Yuridat Hadarot? Great. So listen, I think it's definitely possible. Like, you know, I think if we look to that, to the great people of our own time, um, I think we can say, you know, there was someone in the previous generation who like they're greater than, even though there's Yuridat Hadarot. Like, I think I think the way I understand it is like Yuridat Hadarot is one factor of many. So Yiridat Hadarot plays in, when you're equal in Chachma and Minyan, then like Yirizat Haduru tips the scale towards precedent. But when you're, when you actually have more Chachma, and I think it's, I think it's possible that, um, and, and again, we don't exactly know like what this Minyan business is yet, what it would mean to have like more Chachma, the Gemara that we're about to look at, and the Lazar really gets into it, um, then, um, yeah, I think it's possible, as well, I guess, is, is what I'm going to say. But let's, let's turn to the Gemara, Nebodizar, which is sourced for. So, uh, the Mishnah, we're about to see, is going to explain it, but we're just like parachuting into a totally different conversation now. Um, but this is one of the main places where the Gemara really deeply fleshes out this idea of um, of like God's OHIMANU minya, and that's why we're going there. So fortunately for us, it's talking about something that is um, very relatable. So the Gemara here is in the middle of long conversation about different items, manu- food items manufactured by Gentiles, and whether they're allowed to be eaten or not. Um, so here we go. Here's the Mishnah. So we have items that belong to Gentiles, which you're not allowed to consume, but you are allowed to derive benefit from them. Um, So example one is, um, is milk from Gentiles. So if a Gentile milked, let's say a cow and no Jew was around to watch them, then um, then obviously we know that uh, Rav Moshe at our times thought that this wasn't relevant anymore and can have a whole nother conversation about that uh, and why we don't only eat um, Chalav Yisrael, but this is the origin. This is the Mishnah for Chalav Yisrael. If you, if you are a person who keeps Chalav Yisrael, um, right? So you're allowed to, you could, for example, own a grocery store and sell non-Chalav Yisrael milk um, but if you kept hallowed Israel, you wouldn't be able to consume it yourself so you can get benefit from it but you can't eat it yourself and then the other two items on the list are hapat the hashem and so bread made by gentiles and oil made by gentiles now i bet you've never heard of shemen yisrael um uh, <laughs> and the reason for that is rebi ubeitino hitiru hashemin. Rabbi Yudanasi and his court permitted the oil of Gentiles. So we have the the Mishnah says, you're not allowed to eat oil made by Gentiles. And then Rabbi Yudanasi comes along and makes a takana. He and his Beitin make a takana hetiru at ha shamet. Fascinating. All right. So now we're going to learn a little bit about the history of the prohibition on Gentile oil. Because what we're interested in is how like what is happening in the background here and how is it possible that Rebu Beitino hates Hasheman when clearly you originally had a takana that it's prohibited? Okay, so that's that's our question. I hope it's obvious what the relevance is to our Gemara and Gitin. That's why we're here. So now um I didn't bring you all the Psukim, but they, the Gemara brings a Pasuk that tries to argue that Daniel in the in the, I guess, in the Ketuvim, right? That Daniel, um, this is the one who decreed the prohibition of oil on Gentiles. Um, so how could it be, says the Gemara, mm-hmm. Daniel Gazar, how could it be that Daniel made a, xera, made a decree and, and that see so many generations leaders allowed to come around and say, no, actually, um, the oil is fine. Okay, not, that don't we learn in a, in a Mishnah and Idiot in King Don't we know that a Beijin isn't allowed to nullify the words of its fellow Baytan unless it's greater than it in chachma and in wisdom and in number? Um, okay, and then it goes on like a whole tangent. Um, and then but before and as part of that tangent, I suppose. Uh, but we have this one interesting thing that is important. So the Gemar asks, Beshemun Daniel Gazar. So did, is it really true that Daniel is the one who prohibited wine? Va'amar um, Bailey Avimi No'ta mishmeh the Rav. So Bailey says that Avimi of No'ta says in the name of Rav Pitan Ushmanan Yinam Uv Kula Mishmunas Davar so their bread, their wa- their oil, their wine, and their daughters intermarriage are all from the 18 matters. So what are the 18 matters? There's this day uh, that's described in a number of places, mostly in the uh, mostly in the Yerushalmi, we get a great account of it. But there's a day when Beit Shammai outnumbered Beit Hillel, and on that day, 18 matters were decided, and that. Um, so he says these are, so how could it be from Daniel? It's from the times of, of when Beit Shammai outnumbered Beit Hillel and they made these 18 decrees. Um, so v'chitei ma'ata Daniel gazar v'lo kibel v'atu talmidei shamai, Hillel gazor v'kibel. So if you want to say that, well, maybe um, Daniel came along, he made the decree, but it didn't stick, like people didn't accept it. And then later the students of Hillel and Shammai made the decree. And they did accept it. Um, so then, why do we care? Right? mayas Sorry, I, I cut this out. But Rav is the one who says yes. Like Daniel is the one who made the decree. I that was happened at the beginning before before we started reading. Ella Daniel gazar la a few No, it has to be the Daniel made a real xira. So what is it? Daniel made the xira in the cities. And the students of Hillel and Shammai made the 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 um the decree even in the fields. nasi hehi Nasi mishra to la mishra me tamidei Shammai Okay, so let's say it's not it's not Daniel whose authority they're undermining. It's the students of Shammai and Hillel. How does he come along? How does Rabbi Nasi come along and undo the takana of the students of Shammai and Hillel? Like it doesn't help you that it's the students of Shammai and Hillel and not Daniel. Like it's all the same thing. It's still How does Rabbi Danasi have the authority to do that? That's not, right? Exactly our same question. Right? Our same question again. How is that even possible? He's still too young. And furthermore, And even more so to just like, Push on this even further. So let's say you did have a beitin that was stronger bechachma uh, of a Those eighteen things, no one even afil yahu el yahu in shomival. Even el the prophet and his beitin, they're not allowed to undo it. So we have a principle that a beitin can uproot takanot of a previous beitin if they're greater than it in chachma minyan, except for these eighteen principles. These ones you're stuck with them until Eliyahu HaNavi comes. Um, and Amar Rav Mesharshia comes along and says, why is that? That's very interesting that these 18 really um, stuck. Ho'il u'pashat Yisro b'ro v'israel. It's because these prohibitions that were enacted on that day, they, the prohibitions spread to the majority of Israel. But Shaman, lo pashat Yisro b'ro Israel, but the prohibition on, on oil did not spread to all to the majority of Israel. The Amar v. Baraba, bar Abba, Amar v. Yochanan, because Shmua bar Abba said the name of Yochanan, yeshvur but ku al shaman shalom pashat Yisrael Israel." Yisrael. A rabbi sat, they they did a pew survey, they checked, they did, they did some demographic uh, research. And they saw that the rules about oil had not spread to the majority of the Jewish people. And they, they followed, uh, who did we say it was? Rabbi Shum ben Gamliel and Rabbi al ben Tzaduk, who said, you, don't, you can't make a, um, a a decree for the community unless the majority of the community is going to be able to keep it up. Um, and then we learn that out from a verse from Malachi, where Malachi says, um, So you are cursed with the curse, yet you rob me even with this whole nation. So we're not going to get into what exactly they're doing here with Malachi. But um, in Ilolo. if you have the whole nation behind you, then you're allowed to make these new takano, And if you don't have the whole nation behind you, then no new takano for you. Um, so that's basically, We so I, I wanted to bring this because I wanted to bring a few things. So one is that this idea of himanu um, um oh, I'm just realizing that this, this thing that I thought was in here, I think must actually be in 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 when we continue it. Okay, anyways, um, yeah. Okay. Um, Anyway, so the um, right. So just to learn out a few things from here, one is Godol Himanu B'Chachma Minyan has a big exception, which is these eighteen things that were decreed on that day when Beit Shammai overpowered Beit Hillel. Um, And but the reason why that is, and this is the the big piece of all of this, is that the community has to accept it. So you shouldn't on the positive end, the, the beforehand end shouldn't make decrees that the community is not going to accept and this part I think is so fascinating if there's a decree that was made that the community didn't accept you can like you can like rope it back in um you can like unmake the decree which is just really really amazing actually um that you can just say yep like we tried this thing it didn't work out and now maybe like even the rules don't, like, you. maybe you don't even need to be, like, such a powerful meitian as the meitian that made it in order to undo it because it has to be, like, really strong in order for it to stick. Okay. So with that all in mind, let's take a look at the toast vote. Um, so if you're on the page, we're in LA and King Godol we're not going to do the whole toast vote, um, but if you are in the source sheet, then we're source number six. So go wherever you want to go. Um, so El- alien King Himanu, and we're back now in Getin, but we're gonna do the classic toastful thing where he's gonna connect Toast is gonna connect Getin to the Gemara we just looked at in Avodah which is which is why we just spent so much time in Avodah in addition to the fact that it's like awesome and fascinating and full of good things. Okay, so Viin um, Tomar, so if you'll say, hey fidami Ida Pas Robvi,. So if you'll say, okay, how is it similar? Because if it had spread to the whole Jewish people, then even uh, God's holy even a greater beitin still can't um, still can't undo it. So meaning if all the Jewish people are doing principle, then it doesn't matter. You have a greater beitin than, than, um, than Hillel, nobody cares. Like, because you can't undo principle if everyone is already doing it. Um, and um, so that's Toslot's to to question. And he brings that out, which is where we just were, as we said in Bodhisattva 36a. By, we said it over there by the 18 things that even if Elijah and his 18 come, we still don't listen to them if it hadn't spread to the whole Jewish people, then even a smaller beitin could undo it. So how does this even all work? Meaning if it, if it spreads to the whole Jewish people, then even the great even Elijah and his beitin can't undo it. And if it hasn't spread, then it kind of seems from the Gemara over there, says Tosw, that even a smaller Beitin can nullify it. kadamrina Nami Hadam. It says also over there, Gavi Shemin, Rabyudana Siyyu Beitino, Nimnu Alava Vethi Ruhum, Mishum Dalopashadi Surovi It seems over there that Rebudana Siu Beitino undid um a takana made by Daniel or by Hillel and Shammai, whoever you think me, the Takana of Shemen, see si, it and his Beitin are not at their level, but still, because it hadn't spread, it, the practice hadn't spread, it's still, um, he was still able to do it. And so the Tosfut's question is, just to reiterate the question, like, how does this work? Either, um, it seems like actually whether the Takana spread or not is really the determinant factor. Because if the Takana spread, then no matter how fancy of a beitin you are, you still can't undo it. And if the Takana didn't spread, then you don't have to be a fancy beitin. So who cares about And <laughs> And Really, it's just pashat or not pashat. That's those question. Okay. So here's the answer. You could say the so it said, as we just saw in the Gemara in Vodazara, that they relied there on the opinion of Reishim Ben Gamliel and Rabbi al that you don't make a, a you don't make a rule that the community can't uh, you only make rules that the community can keep. Let's say it on the positive. You only make rules that the community can keep. It seems like you have um, you have kind of two pieces of how this works. One, well, oh, there's two options about this works. They had the permission to undo it because it hadn't spread. Um, and also because, um, again, I think I need to sneeze. Sorry, this is awkward. Um, okay, maybe not. Um, okay, but now I lost my place. Um, okay. Right, so you need, you need like two pieces of it. You have permission to, uh, there's two pieces of it. One is and two is the um, low they had or oh, sorry, oh sorry, the and two is So they um, they were allowed to undo it because it hadn't spread, and also the community hadn't hadn't stood for it. So he's he, saying it's actually two separate things. The fact that it hadn't spread, maybe in Toswit's mind, is more about like popularity or something like that. And it's not about the fact that they couldn't keep it. And he, like, he's really separating those two things out. So, like the instinct would be, yeah, well, what do you think the fact that it didn't catch on? Like, what does that tell you? It tells you, that I think to me was the really obvious read of the Gemara and of Uzzara, that those two things are just like super intimately connected. And Toso is really dividing them out into two separate things. You get permission to undo a Takana because it didn't spread. And then secondly, they couldn't, they couldn't actually do it, like, the people couldn't do it, so here, it spread, but they couldn't really, like, do it right, or they could do it right, but it didn't really spread, that's, like, boats' resolution to our problem, right, because it just seems like it's all about spread, and he's, like, no, it really is about two different things, it's a about spread and people actually like realistically being able to do it so then you have the question of like what does it mean are people like realistically like um, it just seems like principle when we think of takanot we think of takanot that tell you you're not allowed to do something like for example don't um like don't eat the oil of gentiles and here in Gitan it's like the opposite it's like prosbol is a Takana that makes your life easier because all of a sudden you're allowed to actually keep loans so it's the whole thing that the whole um whole like thing that Tosfo doing here I think it's like a good read but it's a little bit tricky because um, it's just like a very funny like he he, ma- he he like helps us make sense of this question of like who cares about the, the, like, once you have the Gemara and Avodah Zara, why do you need the Mishnah and Idiot? So he tries to, like, really make sense of how they could both still matter, and when you would have a situation where Gadol Himenu Bechachma Minyan would still matter, and he does that with, like, a very unusual read of the Gemara and Zara and um and creating situations that are just a little bit confusing and also a little bit hard to relate to frisbol. But we are gonna see, hopefully in the next 25 minutes, we're gonna see that there were definitely places where people were not doing frisbol at all. Um, And and so maybe that's part of what TOSVO is getting at. Um, And um, I'll just give you like a little bit of a prelude, which is that TOSVO, we're actually not gonna look at this TOSVO, I think I, that was one of the things that ended up on the cutting room floor from this year. But um, Toastvote themselves kind of go back and forth about whether like who's allowed to do Prisbo and whether Prisbo is a thing that can be done. So much so that um, it like makes the headlines that one of the Toastvote wrote of prisbol. So if you look at the, if you're on the, if you're on the page and if you're not, I'm just going to read like three words. Um, but if you look on the page um, to the Alime la fuke Mamona, um, and we'll get in momentarily when we turn back to the Gemara and get in, we'll get into what those words mean, but, like, Tosfot has to tell you, Rabbi Tam kata of Prisbo, like, Rabbi Tam one time made a prismal. Um, and that's actually, like, a big deal, so on the one hand, we want to say, like, oh, Prisbo is so obvious, everyone knows about Prisbo, and on the other hand, I think for Tosfot, it's, like, a big deal one time when Rabbi Tam makes a Prisbo, and in the Sefer Hayashar, Rabinu Tam is, like, pretty against making Prisbo's, and then he, like, goes back on his opinion, and the the oh maybe I did bring it because maybe the rush quotes it actually um and um anyways so um we'll see that like for us it's like oh yeah everyone makes prizbo but for the rishonim and particularly the the Rishonay ashkenaz actually also in sparad really um we'll see that prizbo is like much less obvious to them that that's the thing that we're still doing okay let's go oh oh we have to see the rambam before we keep going but just because the Rambam doesn't really agree with the Toswode about how this works, like the Rambam just sees it as like much more straightforward. Um, I mean, they see it as like requiring all the parts, but it's much more straightforward. So here's how the Rambam ties it all together. We're in source number seven. <speaking in Hebrew> so beitin make a zera, and they make a decree, act, an ordinance, and everyone. Uh, or they cre- introduce a custom, and it spreads to all of Israel. And Amad Betin And the next generation, or, or after them, comes along the next Betin. So the next Betin the next comes along, and they want to nullify the first, the actions of the first Betin, they want to uproot the decree, or the ordinance, or the custom they're not allowed to they're not allowed to do that until they are greater than the original ones with in Chachma and Minyan so again remember Tosu had said we're separating out either the spread or people not being able to do it um, and Rambam doesn't have any of that he says no the situation is they made a Takana and it spread throughout all of Israel that's like the foundational thing and in that situation, that's when you need a a who's gods only matter with chachma. Okay, um, and then the Ram says, "Hayag gadol bechachma." They're greater in wisdom. Avalo minya, do minya, avalo bechachma. Inu yachol lebatel et varav. If you have chachma but not minya, and minya but not chachma, then you can't nullify their words. Afilu batel hatam should be galugas ruharishonim. Wait, kidu even if the reason for the original gzeyrah has disappeared, you still aren't allowed to get rid of it until you are greater than the original b'itin. Oh, here, um, Ozzy, this is for you. How is it possible for them to be greater in Minyan? Since every single Beitin is seventy-one people, the Zaminyan Chach Hador, she iskimu bekivu adavar she am Dovalo dinagado Um So he says, how is it um, possible? Every Beitin is seventy-one. So how is it possible for a Beitin to be greater in Minyan? And they say it's actually about um, the number Minyan Chach hador. So it's about the number of wise people in that generation. So like, okay, you're 71, we're 71, but how many of your 71 are really Talmidei Chachamin? Because in my 71, there were more Talmidei Chachamin than in yours. So it's actually interesting. Like the Ramam is really combining Chachma and Minyan into one. And, and obviously you could find situations where it's different, right? Like your in has 70 mediocre people, but one person who has more chachma than like anyone ever again. Whereas the next generation has like, maybe like 15 really, really smart people who have combined all more chachma than that like one guy did before. So then they are greater, but uh, because they have like both more wisdom and more wise people, which I suppose are in fact separable categories as we just demonstrated. Um, and therefore, um, they would be greater than the first, um, than the first beaten and could undo their zero, says the Ramah. Um, and then he says, okay, but only certain things you're allowed to undo and certain things you're not allowed to undo. Um, we're gonna leave that but you can keep reading the rambam um on your own always a good um always a good use of time um okay right and he describes like what happens if the Beijing made a rule that applies only for their time are you allowed to undo it um things like that but i think we got to keep going because i have a whole nother section here that i want us to at least look at and we definitely have to finish the gemara without question so um, so here we go in the Gemara. We're back in. Oh, so just to like wrap that up a little bit. So we saw a debate between the Tosvut and the Rambam about how to deal with this question that the Tosvot raises, which is a pretty good question of like who cares about God the women of Minya? And doesn't it just seem like this in the Gemara It's really just all about acceptance or not acceptance, or like spread and not spread. And then he separates out. Um, acceptance from like capability to stand by it. And that's how Tosfot resolves it. Um, so you can have one, but not the other. And then um, in a case where you have one, but not the other, the beti needs to be gadolimene um, v'chachmah And the Rambam says like, no, I don't see this problem at all. And actually the whole situation only arises when you had spread. And if you didn't have spread, then you don't need a beti in gadolimene All right. That's the Rambam. Um, okay, so we are now in the Tashma. Oh no, we are not. Sorry, sorry. We're earlier than that. Okay, so my right. That's what we're up to. Um, okay, so people see. Hmm, I don't know how to describe it to you, but I'll tell you. If you're going back onto the pages where we are, um, so if you're if you're uh, if you're in the handout. We are on the first page and we are here at this my. So in the English, it's gonna say something like, What's the what then is the halacha? That's what it says in English. Okay. My. Um, so Tashma, mm-hmm. da Amar Shma, Prozbo, Ella de Surah Dinaharda. So um, so what's the halacha? Meaning did Hillel make a prosbol for institute prezbo for all time or did he only institute it for his own generations so Shmuel maybe wants to say oh he only did it for his own time um and um and how I know this is that nowadays we only write prezbo's in places where you have din that have a lot of authority like Sura and nahardah and if you think that Hill established it forever, then they should write prezbols in every Baitin, because they're all doing it on the authority of Hillel. They shouldn't need, it says Shmuel, a Baitin shouldn't need its own authority in order to write a prezbol, because every Baitin writing a prezbol is just doing what Shmuel told them to do. Is doing, sorry, Is doing what Hillel told them to do, says The fact that we only do it in fancy Bateyden means that each generation is writing principles on their own authority and are using like the highest authority of the time in order to write Prisbal, says um, Dilma, key talking Hillel Dari Alma, but you could really say, no, Hillel did establish um, Prisbal forever. But he established that principles should only be written in batei din like his own, ukrav and like the batei din of rav ami and Asi, the alime that they were so strong that they could actually um, they could actually confiscate money from people. Right. So if we said and that that's a very consistent opinion if you hold by what we were talking about last week, and you hold by Rava, who says that the whole mechanism of Przbo is hafker Baitin, hafker. Even when it was established by Hillel, the mechanism was hafker Baitin, hafker. Then you need a Baitin that is strong enough to actually be re- really mafki or something, that could actually like take something away from someone. Um, okay, so you need a Baitin that is Alime, they're strong enough, like, fuke, mamuna Mamunata, to take out money from somebody, like, Avalei But a normal beitin is not allowed to do that. Um, okay, so that's 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 kind of our next our next line of inquiry. But I do wanna I do wanna keep going here a little bit um, before we before we get there. So Tashma, we have another. Uh, the Gemara says, "Come in here." Da Amar Shmuel. Shmuel said, um, and remember, Shmuel so far seems to be. Well, all we really know about Shmuel is that he says only fancy Den can write prosables, but the Gemara used Shmuel's opinion to try and argue that therefore prosbol was only established like for Hela's generation. Okay. And Shmuel seems to like not like prosbol so much because he says, "Um, Ha, prosablea, ulbana, didai mihu. prosbol is an ulbana. We're going to get there in a second. What is an ulbana? The Gemara is going to ask. Um, um right so um sorry gabe i just gabriel i just saw your question but we'll get i'll I'll circle back to it at the end um so shmuel says this principle is a humiliation well but now we're going to go with humiliation for now but we'll we'll temper that translation later maybe it's a a humiliation of the judges if i were if if my strength were 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 straight if, like it's the same kind of idea as Yashar Kawa. Um, like if my if my strengths were optimal, I would nullify it. you would nullify it. How could you how could you nullify it? You're not allowed to nullify it. It was made by Hillel. Kamar, like this, he says, you tear me hilal. if I if I could pull together a baked That would be be uh, of the Beitin of Hillel. If I had that Beitin, that Beitin would get rid of Prisbal, says Shmuel. Fighting words, Shmuel hates Prisbal, which I think is just really great. This question of like, we started out with this question of like, isn't Shmuel and isn't isn't Prisbal and Isra Torah? And then our next question on Prisbol was like, okay, if it's not in this Torah, then isn't it theft? <laughs> so like, it seems like that the Gemara is heavily influenced by this position of Shmuel who's like, yeah, if I could get rid of Prisbol, I would get rid of Prisbol. Seems like the Stam of the Gemara is really on team Shmuel here. But Rav Nachman says, Rav Nachman says, uh, uh, Rav Amar Manu. No, I would keep Prisbol. Gmar says a makaye. What do you mean <laughs> you would keep prisbol? It's kept, it's standing, it's alive and well. Frisbol. Um, no, this is what it means. I would say about prisbol if I had if I had a beatin as strong as hell what I would say about Prisbal is that we shouldn't even be having this conversation because I would make it as if Prisbal were written in the Torah, says Rav Nahon. So the opposite, right? Chmuel says, I would totally get rid of it. And Rav Nahon says, I would keep it and I would strengthen it to the furthest possible degree, says Rav Nahon. Um, Okay, so now we're going to get to this nice question of Yubay Lahum. a question. Hi, Urbana, this Urbana this that we translated before as humiliation. Lishna de is it language of chutzpah? like rude, irreverent, like awkward, I don't know, uncomfortable. Oh, Lishna Denihutahi. Or is it um or is it like pleasant language? So Rashi says Lishna Denikhuta Um is Lo asauhu of um, um, So, is it is it that um, the uh, bow was invented just to like be comfortable for the judges and make it so that they don't have to like go actually do the work of going to collect all of their money before the before the shemitah starts in. Um and it just like allows people to kind of like be lazy and therefore like you should get rid of Shmi- you should get rid of prisbol. Um, right, so Lishna Denihuta is um, I mean either way, it's right, it's a quote within Shmuel. So you want even within Lishna Denihuta, it still has to make sense for Shmuel to say, whatever Ulbana means, that's a reason why he wants to get rid of it. So whether it's Pruzbol is is rude or Prisbol is too comfortable. Either way, Shmuel's resolution is, I would want to get rid of it. Um, okay, so Tashma, come and listen to Amar Ula. Ula says, It is chatsufa, um, it is rude, says Rashi, like a bride that that cheated while still under her chapa. Like that's how that's how inappropriate um Ua thinks Shmuel thinks prisbol is that by doing prisbol we're, we're we're cheating under the khapa, uh, which is like a really a really strong strong language to give to Shmuel about prisbol. Um, Amar of Mary. Uh, Bara So we're of Mary, who is the son of Shmuel's daughter. So he is saying, What did my grandfather mean by this, right? Or Mary Bari de Bach Um, my kra, what does the Pesach say? Mm-hmm. While the king is still in his party, my nerd, which is a like senti thing, but like not a good one. Um um uh it gave off its scent uh so rabba says adayin chavivuta hu gaban natan the so rabba says no they still he still liked it um rabba says actually right and this is rabba seems to be on team Presbo. Well. Rava rabba is the one who before gave really like the best interpretation of how prosbol could work and kind of resolved all the problems with this idea of the meets Beetz says yeah but even though it's like a little bit cheating it's still Chavivuta it's still beloved natan velok-tiv because it's given not not right nerdi natan versus nerdi that that it's still the Chatan still likes or the Melech in this case still likes receiving it Um, and doesn't just call it like rancid or disgusting um and then and then we end with a a final bright on this matter Um, so we have a final bright those who are humiliated but don't like fight back don't humiliate back who hear their own disgrace and don't do anything about it. They act from love and they're happy in their suffering. Upon them, the verse says, um, which is from uh, Shoftim. Um, so it's a little bit interesting. And if we have more time, I definitely want to hear what you think is happening with this. Why Why we're seeing this brighter here other than, well, maybe we went down in El-Bana, um. Uh, ulbana, sorry we went down an urban rabbit hole and so now we're just saying oh we have this nice bright or you could say like it's actually this whole big theological question of like is god offended by prisbol and then if if that's the question then like how is this this as an answer is really phenomenal that like yes god is offended but doesn't strike back um, that actually, like, yes, principle is in some ways an offense to God and an undermining of, like, what Shemitah is truly all about. But at the end of the day, um, like, God is um, or something like that, which is, is a truly, a truly incredible um, possibility of what the Gemara here is doing. Uh, right, Tracy says, right, it's not in the heavens and people are allowed to make uh, especially really important big bate Din who when they make decrees the decrees are accepted are allowed to make uh are allowed to make really really torah bending torah bending decrees um so I want to spend the next five minutes we're not obviously not certainly not going to look at all of these sources I have compiled for you um but I do just want to point out that there's a big debate about what kind of bate Din can make a Prozable so um the Rambam says who can make a preval? Right. So the Rambam is essentially saying anywhere where a Baitin doesn't have the power to take people's money away from them, doesn't have the power to write a preval. Um, And that is a a very good read of the Gemara, but a very hard read in terms of having Przibol continue to exist, Um, because you really need to be in a place where Bate didn't have power um, in order for them to be able to write, um, in order for them to be able to write Przibols, we're going to skip the rush and go to his son, the tour, who is source number 10. Um, And the tour says... Um Kudvinoto a filbazmanazab the ko baytin. The Torah says we write them even in this time in every baitin. The late Hilchazak Shmuel says the says the Torah. The Halacha is not like Shmuel, um, who says, right? The uh the Ammar in Kudvinutah Elba the Beitzina, the Sura of the Naharza, um Ella Bhytin Ubaitin, Yachol Lakatvo says the Torah. No, every single baitin is allowed to write a prismal, says the tour. Um, and then I just wanted you to see, We can just skip to this um, bolded part of the Me'iri. Um, so, so far we've seen the Mishnah Torah saying you have to be a crazy strong, oh, actually we should really look at the Ran, I think. Um, so right, the, the Ram Mum says, you have to be a crazy strong Beetzin in order to write a prismal. And the tour says, ah, any Beetzin can write a prismal. Um, and the Ron says, let's see if I can find where he says it quickly. Yeah, here, just the last
0: line.
1: Talking Right, he really spells it out. He says, um, a powerful betin in its own time, but it doesn't have to be so powerful. It doesn't have to be as powerful as the Ramav says it needs to be. That kind of betin, it's okay. Um, they can still write a prosbul because Hillel established prosbul forever, um, and therefore, like any beta nowadays, can write a prosbul because you're just working off of Hillel's power. Um, but here's the, here's the, um, oh, and then and then the Meiri says, if we were to write a prosbul, then, um. Right. OK, here, we're starting from the, You see the bolded part that I bolded. That's just me bolding it. So we're starting like two lines above that. Mikomakom. Afu et In other words, a principle can't be made by any b'itin that comes along. Rather, it needs to be made by a b'itin that is important. They're expert. So it can't be, oh, any beitin, I walked into the grabbed three guys, made them my beitin, bum, we made a prize ball. No, it needs to be a beitin that's sitting in the city. When that beitin says things, people do it. People go to them with their problems. That's the type of beitin says them eerie that can make a prize ball. But, <laughs> But now in our times, in places where they still do Shemitah Right, we haven't even talked about this, that in the times of the Rishonim, there were people who said like, Shemitah doesn't apply anymore, and some people said Shemitah doesn't apply anymore. Anyway, it's a whole big argument. But he says in places where they do Shemitah Ksafen, but because our din aren't, aren't stable and they're not important enough, we don't get wrapped up in this whole, all these rules about prosbo. We don't do them anymore. And if you don't want the Shemitah year to come and release all your loans, So you should make a loan on the condition that it doesn't go away with Shemitah. So that's his like alternate Prozbo that when Kayla takes out an uh, a million dollar loan from me. I say, Kayla, I'm giving you this loan on the condition that Shemitah doesn't apply to it. And somehow that works. Like you normally can't be, um, you can't like make conditions that violate the Torah. That's like, a, that's a whole big topic for another time. Um, but here it says in the Eri, that's how you would do it today because he doesn't want there to be, uh, he, he thinks like we don't have anyone powerful enough to make a and I'll we'll just round it out with the shochanarach at exactly nine o'clock. Prizbol inyan shmita. And people really trust them in that city. And right, so it has to be written by a betin that's really important. And they really know the law and they know about prizbol and they know about shmita and everyone in the city really believes them. But, near ali, the yeshla hakal bezman hazah. So he says um, there's three basically three different or two opinions, and he says you should go by the more lenient one. Says the Shulchan Aruch that any Beitin today can write a prose um, So he, of, of our variety of different opinions, he seems to be following in the direction of the tour, which is interesting because often the Shulchan Aruch really really likes to go in the direction of the Rambam and here he doesn't. So whenever the Shulchan passes against the Rambam, that's kind of interesting. All right, we have a number of questions. Um, Ozzy says, is the debate whether or not you can create legal fictions? Hmm. What's the legal fiction for you here? Is the legal fiction, the Prusbal, like the existence of a Prusbal is legal fiction? Yes. Um. So I think that, I don't know, I would push back on the idea that Prozbo is a legal fiction. Like Prozbo, if it works the way we discussed last week, it works by Hefgar, Bates and Hefger. That's like, I don't know, that's like pretty exciting. That's like pretty compelling that it's not, like that it actually works. Maybe you'd say it's it's a loophole or it gets you out of a dentura. Um, Like that all feels very like... Uh, yeah, like, I get that question. That's clearly where the Gemara is going with this. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know that I would call it a legal fiction. Um, and Gabriel says, provisbol without a bait-in. Yeah, right. Um, so what the Meiri is suggesting is a provisbol without a bait-in, But that's a really weird thing to do. And to make conditions that uproot, like Torah law, is um, a very problematic thing to do in general. All right. Um, we will be back here next Monday night. Um, with more about Puzbol since if we're keeping them then we should know more about how they work um, so we're going to be talking about whether in order to make a Puzbol you need um, you need property that's going to be that's going to be our our next topic um, and we're going to tie it in also to other sales that you might be familiar with like Mechirat Hamids.
0: All right Thank you, Rebani Leah. that sounds very exciting. Um, And thank you to everyone who's joined us today on Zoom, on Risha Live, and on Facebook. We're gonna continue with our Falsman programming tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern with a session from Rabbi Silber on the topic of prayer in the prayer book, the Sitter as a Guide to Prayerful Reflection. There's also a new class starting up this week on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time called Shemitah, Radical Perspectives on Society, Land and the Individual, more on Shmita with Ravaneet Gila Rosen. And you can find more information about upcoming fall programming on our website at slash classes. Thank you again, Ravaneet Sarna. And thank you for everyone who came and learned tonight. And I hope hope, that, hope to see you again soon.